Hello and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. This is podcast number 146, which means we have been going for 146 years when I was just a boy. My name is Sean Holly, and to my left, 270 miles to my left, is... Victor Marland. Oh, we're in a lovely mood today. Is, uh, it, is it nice weather down there? It's cold. Is it? And dead. And empty. Like a zombie's mind. Like my life. <laughs> God. Oh, so what have you been up to, Vic? Mainly failing at a lot of things. Uh-oh. Mainly failing. So, first thing to do, right, you know I moved my garage around a little bit and I wanted to do, actually play my Space Invaders table with the multi-game in it. It's, it's an absolutely marvellous machine. I got it for such a bargain. I'm really pleased with it. I like the machine a lot, but it obviously failed, stopped working. So I took it to Alex and myself's monitor guy. It's a guy Alex knows called Mark. He's an absolute genius. And uh, I took it to him a little while ago while he was fixing Alex's, one of Alex's machines, and he said he'd have a look at it, told me a price and everything, which was really good. And uh, I found out that when I took the chassis, because it's a really old black and white monitor, and the chassis actually has got a load of connectors all around it. It's like in all four sides. You just click it onto it. You just sort of prise it up carefully. And he said what was actually actually the problem wrong with it is those connectors were probably not making very good connection. Because he sort of like right. you know rubbed them out a little bit, pushed them together because they're like bendy connections, pushed it back on, and it worked. And he changed he changed a cap, I think, as well. Because he, he actually does cap kits properly. He doesn't just change a lot of them. What Mark does is he takes them out, he checks them on an ESR meter, and if they're within range, he puts them back in again. There's no reason to change them. You know, they're going to get more life out of them. And he changed one cap that was out of out of um, range, and he said there was some sort of coil. I'm not sure which one it was, because there's a few coils in that old monitor. And then there's a coil that was so un- unadjusted, it was about to fall off. So that wasn't good either. Mm. I've also managed to sort... You know, I said when the screen flipped, it went out of sync. Yep. What it was is the sink to bring the picture in the right height in the middle of the screen was right on the edge of the sink. So when it changed, it just flicked it and the sink went out. So what it does is put the sink in the middle, which actually moves the, the screen down on one player side. And what I did is I actually got hold of the um, the yoke adjusters, the yoke rings on the back. And on a colour monitor, you never touch the yoke rings because it, 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 it misaligns the three guns. So when yep. they sit over the top of each other, red, green, and, and blue, you should get white. Or is it black? Mm. The other way around. I can't remember. But if they're out of adjustment, you'll see like it's a shadow of a different colour outside of it. So you never touch colour ones unless you really know what you're doing. And when they adjust them at factory, they use an actual machine to do it. So if I haven't got the machine, you're knackered, really. But black and white one, all the black and white yoke does is when you shift it around, it moves the screen around. Because there's only one colour on there, white. It can't go out of alignment. So it just moves the screen around. So what I did is I moved the screen into the middle after that, and it works perfectly now. I should have done it in the first place. I didn't. It didn't occur to me. I think Smarty Martin actually mentioned it to me a while ago. And I went, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't think about that. And when I did it, it works fine. So that's all working now, which I'm really pleased with, because I've been playing Balloon Bomber and uh, Lunar Rescue, Space Invaders 1 and 2. There's a couple of weird versions of Space Invaders on there. And a game called Space Laser, which is a bit odd, but it's quite fun. So is that get, the one where the the whole sc- the laser covers the whole screen, and you've got, you've got to get someone, the at, the, at, the top, someone yeah. at the top and 
yeah, some at the bottom. Yeah. There's loads of invaders in the middle, and what you do is your energy goes down when you use the laser. Your energy can only hit the top of the screen and hit your opponent when it's at full range. So you can get a few space invaders out of the way, wait until it goes back up, and then get it all the way across. It's quite a fun game. But mm. it, it looks really simple. It just looks like weird space invaders. But yeah, so that is all working now, which is nice. But the only thing is, I've got no room to play it. So my garage is going to go through a bit of a change very soon, and I may get rid of some machines, because I just haven't got any room in there. It's so jam-packed, you can't move, or or, or actually, you couldn't even get like a couple of people in there to play, really, because you'd be back-to-back, and it's so cramped, it needs a bit of room in there, you know? You can't have machines on every floor. I know a few people that buy them Jellico ponies off you. Yeah, they're not for sale. <laughs> those ones are never going. They'll, they'll be di- dying with me. So... Yeah, maybe I'll move some out of the way for now and maybe sell them, I'm not sure, because I've got too much to do. There's just too many projects ongoing, and that's what's been making me a bit down. I've been looking around and seeing so many things I've started. It's my own fault. It's absolutely my own fault. I'm not to blame. Yeah. And when you start something, you think, right, I'll just do that, and you get into it, and everything fails. It's been happening a lot lately. I think it's just my attitude, my motivation is at zero at the moment, and it's it gets like that sometimes. I think I'm just going to put everything in plastic containers, mark them up what they are, and just shelve them, get them out of the way. There's loads of stuff around the house needs doing as well. The shed's got a hole in it, the just a garden shed, which is garden stuff in it, which needs completely replacing. That's about 500 quid to get a new shed. Okay. I've got to get stuff done in the house that we can't seem to get uh, workmen to do because nobody wants to do a job so small. They just don't ring you back. God, it's annoying. And it's something I can't do myself. It's to do with plumbing, and I can't really do it myself. Otherwise, I'd have a go. So, yeah, that's going to be making me busy lately and things I don't really want to do. And we're going to try and sell this flipping house and move to Scotland, hopefully, sometime this year. Scotland, really? Yeah, yeah, Glasgow. It's going to be Glasgow, I think. We've been there and we like mm-hmm. it. And we'll have to see what happens. But, yeah, that's that's a bit way off, yeah. You'll, you'll have Super Barrio as your local. Super Barrio bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little bar, that. Not enough machines, though. Not enough machines. Too much mm. bar, not enough machines. So, anyway, getting back to... Uh, the super duper mark um and when i was around his house i was talking to him and we got onto the subject so i think i was talking about he was showing me some components some really old components or something because he's worked on old tvs and defense stuff for a long long time and uh i mentioned oh, i've got a big box of old components i got free from a, a clearance somewhere i think my work bought years and years and years ago they bought some containers and they had some electronic components in the side the lot because they didn't need them and um, I said he could have them, you know, if they're useful to old TVs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking, and um, we're talking about some EEPROMs. For some, for some reason, we got onto EEPROMs. And I was saying, oh, yeah, you know, the really old ones, 2708, it's like a 1K. Mm. And if it's 2708s up to 2732s, my, you know, modern USB readers, the cheap readers can't read. And he said, oh, yeah, I had a problem with uh, Alex's Skyskipper. I think they're 2732s on there. And he... He actually made an EEPROM burner himself. He made one. In fact, he didn't just make one. He made two because <laughs> one wouldn't do a certain EEPROM or or a, a colour prom or whatever it was. And he made them on, you know, you know the Perf board, the sort of little tiny dotted copper trace board? He made it on that. You can do them with Rivita as well. You can do it on Rivita. Yeah, but you need to drill the holes out first, obviously. Mm. And... Can make them conductive and not make them out of Rivita. But anyway, yeah. he did two of them. I was like, I was blown away. I was like, how the hell did you do that? He's that clever. He's one of these kind of mad geniuses who 
doesn't know everything, but as a go, and will know about it by the time he finishes it and do it perfectly. I'm like that. No, you're not. <laughs> you're really not, Sean. No, not really. No. Sorry. Another thing I did lately is, uh, you know, I've got that bit kit FPGA board. It's got Nibbler and uh, Pioneer Balloon and uh, some weird games on there. It's got Super Glob. It's got loads. Mm. The games are growing and growing on it, but mainly it's like sort of quite quite old games and scramble hardware games, that sort of thing. Well, I've had an upgrade lately. So you upgrade the the firmware on it, and you can upgrade some ROMs. So the other one that was interesting on there was the Scramble Remix, where the guy made some slightly different levels for Scramble. Right. I need to bring that to a show actually to show people because it's quite it's quite a weird thing. When you play Scramble, it's always formulaic. It's always exactly the same, apart from the the easy and the hard version. But this one adds in stuff to it. And it's quite quite challenging. It's quite difficult actually. Mm. So I updated that board. All you do is you plug the USB into your computer, Mac or PC, and run this this um, program, and it puts the ROMs in and updates the firmware. So it takes a little while. Uh, and it did that, but it's got some different games in there. I think there's four or five extra ones released for it. And there's a really funky version of Crazy Kong, which is everyone's favourite rubbish Donkey Kong bootleg. And this one runs on Scramble hardware. So the, the levels the level colours are really funky anyway, and it doesn't quite yeah, play like Donkey Kong. And stuff and, but they're really yeah. funky on Scramble hardware. And it also uses music from one of my favourite games, Turtles, in the background. Turtles. Turtles. It's just stolen the music and plays some of the music in the background. I was like, what is, what is this? Very odd, and there's a version. There's a game on there called Eek. I said right. Eek. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Three E two K. It's a, a weird. It's, it's like a weird platform uh, game using a lot of the graphic style and sounds from the Glob. I think it's made by the same people who did Super Glob and Glob. It's it's almost the same kind of game as Glob actually, but a bit more colourful, a bit more graphics. It's not as good as Super Glob though. Super Glob. Another one in there, Egor, which always reminds me of your head, looking like an egg. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it's okay. the same game as Eyes, but with um, with bird graphics rather than eyes in hats. It's like birds, and you, you're shooting eggs and stuff, and birds are chasing you. Yeah, it's I do remember almost that. Almost the I, same game, just different graphics. Mm. And there's a few others on there. Oh, the other one there was a game called Triple Punch. You ever played Triple Punch? I've heard of it. Is it? It's not boxing, is it? But it's no, similar. it's nothing like boxing. It's is basically it like, an Amadar clone. Oh, yeah. But, but you and can the, the... actually punch stuff. When something comes toward you, you can punch it three times and it knocks it off the off the, the background. So it gets rid of it for a while. It's quite a fun little game. Like different different shapes. They scroll just a little bit as well. Yeah, they're different. Sh- well, they're, they're sort of different shaped rectangles. And you can actually go through a hole in the wall like Pac-Man on the, the transporters and go to the sur- yeah. side of the screen. It's quite a fun game. So there's some, there's some really odd games on that. Uh, Vanguard's on there as well. And um, what's the other one? There's a few odd ones. And you've got stuff like Scramble and Frogger and some good games, you know. But there's some really odd ones on there. Yeah, so quite interested to put more games on it. It's always a bonus having more games. Mm. Mm. Uh, here's another one that got me down. My Berserk <laughs> cabinet, right? Uh, Bozoic. My, my Bozoic, it runs, not on original boards, because they're problematic, unless you've got... Know, good ones, and I use an uh, FPGA, a BZF, a BZF board. It's a tiny little board made by J Rock, and it plays Berserk, Slow and Fast Bullet, and Frenzy. 
and mm. it's a very 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 close emulation of the, of the game boards because it uses FPGA and it actually has as well as the chips on the FPGA being emulated it actually uses a proper Z80 chip it's actually on board it's a proper Z80 on there so it's using the original processor and then the FPGA is taking care of all the um, the substitute chips and the RAMs and ROMs and all that sort of stuff and it's a it's a really good game and they tested it really thoroughly and it's very very as close as you can get to an original board it's really close like really close and it's a brilliant bit of kit if anyone really likes berserk and you want to get away from emulation get that board it's absolutely brilliant so that board is a jammer board okay and mm-hmm. it can actually output as well as the 15 kilohertz cga screen which is jammer standard in a cabinet it can output with a little jumper setting to vga 31 kilohertz and i thought to myself oh that Berserk monitor in there is actually quite a good monitor. And I could pinch that to put in another machine which with a poorer monitor and put a 14-inch CRT old-school VGA monitor in it. And if you turn the scan lines on in the software, on a proper CRT screen, it looks like a, a, a full-on 15 kilohertz monitor because obviously those scan lines were a bit thicker because the dot pitch is bigger. And... Mm-hmm. It looks really nice on a VJ, but the thing was, I had to make a little loom up for it. So instead of going to red, green, blue, ground and sync of a normal arcade monitor, you got to go to a VGA plug and then you plug your VGA into it, obviously. And when you change the, 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 the jump around on the board, it outputs VGA, so it wouldn't output properly on an arcade monitor. And I actually went to, I bought a 15 kilohertz, sorry, I bought a 31 kilohertz VGA screen off a guy local to me. It was on eBay. And it's a VGA monitor. It's an old AOC monitor, I think. It's an old school 14-inch. And he had it working there with Windows background on it. It was absolutely fine. Took it home, got it all wired up and everything. And it wouldn't wouldn't put an image on it. It was just a black screen. And you know when you get on a VGA monitor when it's not getting a signal, it just flashes like the, the LED at you. It was doing that, yeah. so it wasn't getting anything. So I thought, what's going on here? Maybe I've done, maybe I've done it wrong. So I brought in a flat screen LCD, just a spare little tiny one I had lying around, and it output on that absolutely fine. So I was like, what is going on here? What, you know, what's the problem? And the other night, I got some new VGA female plugs, because the, the one I had was a bit of a mess. I thought maybe it's you know, maybe making, a, making a cross connection somewhere or something. I had a load of things wired up on it. I thought, well, I'll get some new connectors and try it again with a loom. And what I've actually done is I did a video of it last night, and I've posted it to YouTube, telling people what I did and the, and the results. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes for everyone to look at if they're interested in seeing how to wire a VGA plug to a jammer harness. It's quite simple to do, but it just shows you an idiot's guide how to do it. I did it, so it's an idiot's guide. You can buy them, can't you, those, those little connectors, those little leads? I don't know, but what I did is I bought the actual connector and sold it up to the red, green, blue, sink and ground, and it works fine. Mm. So I've got a little loom now to check things like that. So I tried on a, on a 17-inch screen, and what I was thinking is if that 14-inch really doesn't want to play with it, which for some reason it should, and it isn't doing, maybe it will now have made a new loom, I don't know. I've got to try it later on. Um, I might try and squeeze a 17-inch monitor into one of those ISIS cabs. It will physically fit the width, but it's the depth is the problem. So maybe I can do that. Because it, it looks, on a VGA CRT with the scan lines on, it just looks like a really good quality arcade monitor. It's a really good picture. And if you watch the video, you'll see what I mean. 
Very nice. Yeah, I quite like it making videos sometimes. It's quite quite therapeutic. And and doing the editing on just like iMovie, it's very simple. Very simple indeed. iMovie. Yeah. It's movie with your eyes. iPad. Yeah, you can do it you can do it on a phone actually. So yeah, it's fairly simple. But anyway, have a look at that, kids, if you're interested. Ooh. Another thing I've been doing and failing again at, I'm doing a lot of this lately, is trying to restore the little consulate. Remember the little arcade cabinet I bought? Yeah, I picked that up for you, didn't I? From you York. did. Thank you very much. Yeah. It is. Um, the original consulates were made by Atari, and they were about, I don't know, they're about two foot tall, little tiny 12-inch black and white screens in, and originally they held um, Breakout. So if you had a dial on it to play Breakout and a serve button, and I think they were sold mainly in France. And the one I got, it doesn't look like an Atari one. It looks like a copy. And everything in it was French. So the monitor in it was French. It had labels on it in French. Tiny little monitor. had really bad Galaxian burn on it. And this one has got three buttons. It's got left, right, and fire. So I presume it had Galaxian in it. So it had Galaxian burn on a black and white screen, which is interesting because Galaxian was originally a black and white game, but only came out in colour. So obviously they got it working on a black and white summit. It had a bootleg Galaxian in it anyway. And um, one of the guys in UK VAC who's, who helps me out with um, a lot of fixing stuff called Ace, he's a really clever guy. And a board I was given by the lovely Phil Murray, which is um, it's a bootleg of Space Invaders. It's a single board, so it actually fit in there physically very easily. It's, it's only a little tiny machine. And it, it plays Space Invaders. It's called Space Intruder. It's a copy of it, and it wasn't working. So Ace got it working without any schematics. He's a very clever guy for doing that. I had time to work out the pinout, because the pinout wasn't online. Nobody knows what it is. He worked it out and got it all working. So I'm going to try and get that in there. But what I needed was a screen, and I've got a 12-inch black-and-white TV that Bobby Idod gave me. But the thing is, it's only got RF on it. And apparently, when I was doing a bit of reading, a bit of research, I had to work this out, is... There's a little box in the machine, which is the RF box. When you put the the plug from the aerial into it, the RF gets turned into composite before it gets injected into the TV. You know, composite right. it's just it's just ground and a signal. Yeah, yeah. And the black and white one's exactly the same. So what you can do is you can actually get a, a black and white composite game, which is Space Invaders and all the old black and white games, and get it to work on a TV with RF. But you need to know where to put it. And I can't find out how to do it. So that's bugging me a bit as well. But what, that will physically fit in there because it's a very short tube on it. And I have to sort of make mountains for it and everything. So I bought a a new switcher as well. I bought a HAP, Suzo HAP switcher, a good quality switcher. Because I've got about four switching power supplies spare and none of them, the, the minus five volts works on them. For some reason, the minus five, especially on cheap Chinese ones, is either missing or it breaks down really quickly and doesn't work. And this particular board requires minus five volts because the old rams and i think the old roms on it as well need minus five to to function properly so i needed a good switcher because if you i think if you run it without minus five it actually damages some of the chips on the board so you'll be really careful with it so i bought a new switcher to go in there and now i'm stopped again because i can't work out how to get the black and white monitor working but i might have to take it to mark and let him have a look he'll work it out about two minutes probably because he's a genius so that is about all I've been doing, uh, I've been playing. I've been playing quite a lot of uh, console stuff actually lately. It's been fun. Just sort of plugging something in and playing it, and not having a problem, not to fix anything. It just works. I like it. That's been quite pleasant. 
Um, pray oh. tell, what have you been doing lately? Well, 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 at the club, Tronads has received his 10p t-shirt for winning the 10 pence first behind Charlie Farr high score league table of 2019, which means he comes second behind or, Charlie Farr. Or, as we know it, the best loser. Yeah, so we've got his t-shirt, we've got a picture of that. Uh, oh, guess what else, Vic? Um, go on then, I'm... I'm... Uh, the latest retro game magazine, which is, which should be out by the time this this is released, but a, a, a few subscribers get it early. Yeah, Mister Twenty to Five sent us this article in it called "It's Good to Talk," and it's about podcasts. Yeah, and they he screenshotted it for us, and they discuss five of the best podcasts. Give me five, some of the best retro gaming podcasts. So you've got Retronauts on there. Yeah, Retro Asylum. Yeah, Maximum Power Up. Retro Hour and. Yes, yes. RGDS? No, us. Right, okay. Ten pence arcade. We're going, it's this superstar in this now, retro gamer. I have things and to it, say about this. And it says, uh, sort of, accurate kind of, this show specialises in covering arcade machines from the 80s and the 90s, like Donkey Kong, Nemesis, Mr. Do, Rastan, Frogger, and real variances like Kyo Alien, which we didn't do. No. Each podcast features a different arcade cabinet and a high score competition between the presenters, and it doesn't mention all the other players, as well as tips on collecting and restoring arcade machines. That's yeah. cool that we're in it, though, isn't it? And if that magazine had actually bothered to get in contact with us, we could have given them an accurate description. I know. Yes. At least we're in there, though, aren't We've we? We've never spoke about Hyankyo Alien. That's Retronauts. They're always going on about it. Because it's a, it's a really sort of obscure old Japanese game. I think one of the... Was it Mad Steve that kept ah, going Hold on, on, don't get him mixed up with the Game Whisperer. We're always oh. getting them two mixed up because they're both Welsh. Oh, Ooh, Dean. Be careful. Dean, the game. Who's the game? Yeah, Dean. That's the Dean. Game. Yeah, Mad Steve is, is Mad and Steve. Yeah. Mm. Well, one of them. Yes, one of them loves it. it and they keep asking us to play it, but it's a very boring game. It's like you're digging holes. It's like Space Panic meets. Dean yeah, Dean. it's not. It's not great. It, it looks seventies as well. It really does blinking, look seventies. Blinking bloody. Uh, guess what? Yes. R.I.P. PS3. Sad face. I've written here. Yeah, your PS3's broken down, hasn't it? Yeah, for long. I've only used it now to watch Blu-rays, but it, it's fine. It's mine, actually. Every now, we don't even watch Blu-rays often. I'm just get off streaming services. Yeah, someone lent me some stuff. So, and the disc got stuck in the machine, and it kept doing these three beeps. So I googled three beeps, and it just—I think it's just dying. And oh. you can sort of, you can reflow something to do with reflow, and I think that's putting in the bath or something flow. Yeah, some kind of sol- pipes and something going on, and then very liquid, sol- whatever. Solder, which is like metal that melts. Very clever, is solder. Something to do with that. I think it's pronounced solder. Solder, but I've not done that. No, so, don't do that. I sure. think it's on its way out. And rest in peace, PS3. I've shot, I've shot many, many thousands of Nazi zombies on the Call of Duty add-on DLCs. Wow! You have earned the right to be alone. <laughs> uh, I love them games, Nazi zombies. Arcade news. There has been some new stuff going on on the on the news. Uh, AR53 Labs are nearly ready to release Auto-Tune 2000, which is a DDR-stroke-rhythm sing-song game to audiences quite soon. The game caters for the tone-deaf players and can be played in the bathhouse of your local arcade or on-site, 
with you wailing badly into an oversized pink microphone. Good times ahead on this one. Sounds cool, that. More modern news. Tartan Games Incorporated have fitted Cabotos, Hate the English, on test sites in a number of Scottish Arcade Arcade bar sites. Mm. One or two players are tasked with tossing a fake caber weighing atop a whopping 20 kilos at a screen full of English cavalrymen, depending on how far, how many English you take out, and how loud you shout. Jesus! <laughs> right. It will depend on bonus scores. All added up into a screen, a screen thistle gauge. That's clever, this. Mm. It's clever. It's, 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 when the gauge hits the St. Andrew's flag on the far side of the screen, you've beaten the game. Your prize is 500 milliliters of full-fat iron brew and Scottish independence. Wow. That's Whoa. pretty good. Uh, we also found out lately that Frogger doesn't actually have any bugs in it. Uh, the game is haunted, apparently. The person credited with his new knowledge is D. Akira. Thanks, D. Derek Akora. Where was that him? Mm-hmm. Do you know he's he's recently passed away? Yes. Mm. But he can still. I suppose he can still sort stuff out. Well, he actually he's... told me in a dream. That's how I know this. Wow. Well done, Derek. Anyway, Mister Driller Three. It says here is on the horizon. Oh, I cannot wait. Which... I love Mister Driller which is a game we covered recently. Armed with your faithful drill and a pocket full of raw plugs, you are set to drill and fit screws for various fixes, fixings in Drill Town. The may will be pleased. Instead instead of the game being themed in powder blue and baby pink, it will now be in dark denim and tan, tan coveralls livery. Oh, as it should be. Oh. Uh, On to some slightly realer news. Namco's Pac-Man... Never heard of it. Turns 40, as does Will I Am's Fedendera. Never played it. Uh, Liney Tank Game, uh, trademark of Atari, is also the same age. What do you do in that? And a ton of so-called classics, actually. All them get 40 years old. Uh, High Score Saves are trialling a new add-on for Millipede PCBs. It's a multi-game kit that can play Centipede Millipede, like the old kit, but it's including Warlords... And all three variations of Breakout. Unfortunately, it only works with Millipede hardware, as in the old uh, Centipede Millipede Milky board. And Warlords is only one player due to the controls. But why can't they play two player on a cocktail? Hmm? Mm. Uh, this will hopefully bring the price of Warlords PCB down as they're ridiculous money nowadays. But if it's only playing one player, it's not so good, is it? You want four players. But you think, yeah. if you think about it, you've got to play it on a Millipede cab. Which has only got one set of controls, and if it's a cocktail, which is a really rare machine anyway, you'd only have two sets of controls. So I'm not sure how that works. But even two player would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, we saw a two player one at Galloping Ghost, didn't we? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bando Namkai, Bando Namkai, Bandai Namco. <laughs> that will be one for our fake news for next time. Have trademarked uh, Mr. Driller Drill Land, the name of Mr. Driller Drill Land. So mm. I'm hoping a new Driller game is on the horizon soon. It'd do really well on Switch, which I presume it's going to be aimed at. Uh, it's actually get some use out of my joystick at last. Because uh, seeing as I hate Ryden 5. Ryden 5. Oh, rubbish. Uh, this next one was from Willie Culver's site, uh, Arcade USA, and even though I've stopped collecting these things now, this is the next in line, which I probably would have got if I'd had more room or could be bothered with them anymore. It's the Arcade Classic. Do you know the little sort of six-inch arcade cabinets? Yeah. Now, the first one, uh, what number is it? It doesn't say what number it is now. I can't see the numbers. But um, it's Defender, and you could actually play Defender on the Joust one. It had two games on it. You can actually do something in the back with some jiggery poker and play Defender anyway. But they released Defender... And it's only got three buttons, so I presume the joystick acts as 
you know, fly forward and reverse and fly forward again rather than having the thrust and reverse buttons separately. So it goes yeah, up, down, left, and great, right. It? Uh, it's obviously going to be up, down, left, right on a joystick, um, fire, hyperspace, and smart bob, I suppose, isn't it? Mm. And the other one, which is a weird game to do, is Spy Hunter. Because Spy Hunter originally had a f- weird like handlebar kind of steering wheel with like the buttons, uh, trigger buttons on the on the handlebars, didn't it? Yeah. And you yeah. had did, you had a foot pedal as well, didn't you? On on Spy Hunter, sure yeah, it is. Yeah. But this thing is a joystick and two buttons. How does that work? I'm not Don't sure about know. this because they they obviously play. I, th- I think someone said most of them are the NES versions, so it's like a NES on a chip playing one game. And the Defender on the NES is quite good, but I've never played Spy Hunter, so I don't know what it's like, actually. I'm not that keen on Spy Hunter. So, yeah, weird ones to have there, but if we collect those things, they're the new ones out. They're going to keep doing them, apparently. A bit of sad news, actually. Uh, I think it was a little while ago now. I think we missed it before. Um, Chuck Peddle, who was the inventor and the creator of the 6502 CPU, died. And he also was the creator of the PET computer, the Commodore PET. So yeah, he, he the sixty five hundred two is in some of our favourite games, stuff like Asteroids and games like that. Oh, rest in pixels, Chuck. Yep, sixty five hundred two, Vic twenty, um, Atari eight hundred, uh, the six, Commodore sixty four. Loads of machines had those those chips in. Yeah, rest in pixels. Ten pence archives. I inspired by X Multiplier, I thought I'd try another vertical, sorry, horizontal scrolling shooter. This is called Thunder Cross. Don't cross thunder because it gets you. This is Podcast 69, September 2016. Mm. And it's a a similar thing. You've got like, instead of arms, you've got like orbs that spread out and you can collect them. And you can move them by pressing one button in and like a wide shot or a a compressed shot around your ship. Right. Which I think is is a lot better mechanic than X Multiply, which we'll talk about later. Good weapons, nice graphics, good gameplay, and some really good baddies. I liked liked it. Um, Do you know what? I'm going to have to take your word for that, because I cannot remember Thundercross at all. It must be completely forgettable to me. I can't remember playing it at all. I remember the name, but if you'd said to me, like in the quiz, what kind of game is Thundercross? I'd have said a shooter, but I wouldn't know if it was horizontal or vertical. I wouldn't have known. Ooh. It's one of the few horizontals I've won CC'd. Right, okay. Mm, can't remember. Now, the game I was playing just the other day, uh, and I was inspired because on my Super Famicom, or the SNES to us Europeans, uh, there is a game I found called Caravan Shooters. And I thought, oh, mm-hmm. caravan shooters, we know what that is. The caravan shooting system is where you you play a game for a certain amount of minutes and get as large a score as you can. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, time so, limit. So it's a time minutes. limit thing, like two, five minutes, whatever, and you just get as many scores as possible. And this particular version had Star Force on it. I didn't even get Star Force for the SNES, but it's a really good version of Star Force. For the SNES? Yeah. Mm. Well, it was it was Super Famicom, so it's probably released only in Japan. This thing with the, the caravan, because yeah. they do a lot of caravan shooters over there. I'm not sure why they call it caravan shooting, because that's that's basically a holiday in real to me. Yeah, but mm. did you never shoot things on your holiday in real? Like donkeys no, I basically went to the the arcade and on the beach. Really, uh, there's donkeys on the beach, and just cried a bit. I've never been. I have. I think I've driven through it. No, I've never been to. I never will. I never will go to real. Never. So it sounds like a fish to me. Anyway, I was playing a bit of Star Force. I love a bit of Star Force. I thought 
Is it still as good now as it was back then? Yes, it oh, is. Yeah. It's such yeah. a good game. One button, eight-way joystick, shoot stuff in face. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. And I try. I need to try and have um, a good amount of time on it because I never quickly have one go, maybe, and try and beat my score. I think my score on the podcast was about three hundred thousand. I think you almost double me on that, aren't you? If not a bit more. Yeah. I'd like to get half a million on that game. I think I could probably get half a million if I if I tried. Oh, I love that mm. game. It's just it's one of those simple shooters like 1942 or Volgus. Volgus is quite a simple shooter, isn't it? Just up mm. the screen. I think even stuff like Slap Fight and um, Terror Crest, they're quite simple shooters. And I quite like those as well. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I, I do like a bit of Star Force. So, yeah, and even on Star Force on the SNES, uh, on the NES, it's quite a good version. It's quite simple, but it's quite good. I think every computer should have had a Star Force, every single one. Yeah, so we've been playing a bit of that. Uh, yeah, good. Good game, good game. Mm. <laughs> yes. Recent pickups. As I mentioned earlier, I bought the 14-inch VGA CRT mono. It was 15 quid. Ooh, expensive. And the guy, uh, who's quite local to me, also had a 17-inch RGB monitor, not a VGA, an RGB, which is suitable for arcade boards. But it's hmm. the 17-inch one, which is a bit of a weird size for arcade stuff, because usually when the cocktails and the cab rays were 13 or 14-inch screens... And it sort of jumped up to 19, which is standard, 1920. And then 25 for a big machine, and then 28 for the candies, usually. So 17-inch mm. screens were more sort of a computer thing rather than an arcade thing. But the Red Tent, the Nintendo Red Tents, have 18-inch monitors, which is a really weird size. So I presume you could retrofit in with a 17-inch monitor if you, if you really wanted to, because those Sanio 18-inch monitors are like gold dust. They're really hard to find nowadays. How would you fit to a... It, it, how do you fit two seven, 18 inches into a red tent? They're staggered, aren't they? They're yes, like... they go side by side, back to yeah. back. Yeah. And they're very close. The tubes are very close. Because I've been inside the back of Alex's one a few times, and they, they're very, very close. And I think mm. the Sanio 18-inch screens have got a shorter tube. It's got a, 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 a wider-angled tube, so it's, it's flatter at the back of it, mm. so it's not as high. I think. I can't remember. So, yeah, maybe that would be the case. But a 17-inch RGB monitor, I might buy it off of him because he probably doesn't want a lot of money for it because it's pretty useless to everyone else. And if I can fit a 17-inch monitor into my little ISIS cabs and it looks okay and doesn't look weird, I might sort of get one of that. I might get that as well. So I have to try it out. I bought some new Nipex wire snips, which is the, like the top-quality wire snippers. Oh, I love them. Nipex are really good. 17 quid for a tiny little pair of nippers. Mm. New wire strippers as well, and yep. a new solder sucker because I want this is this is going into broken token territory. This is I've bought those particular tools which I've already got because I'm putting them in my toolbox in the garage and I'm keeping my normal ones in this hobby room I'm sat in at the moment because when I'm going from pillar to post, going in and out, I've always got to, I'll sit down with my shoes off and everything, sort of settle down, and do a bit of soldering, whatever. Oh no, I've got to get the flipping solder sucker which is in the garage or I've got going at the nippers which are you know in another room or whatever so I've got two sets now and they're going to be one in the toolbox and one in the hobby room so I know where everything is at all times it's so annoying trying to find tools and you have to go put your shoes on go out the front door get in the garage blah 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 boring so I did that oh, I haven't got a garage so I just wander around the yard I suppose yeah talking to yourself and feeding yeah. the pigeons mm. yeah I also bought uh, Yoshi's Island uh, Super Famicom cartridge 
And people might be thinking, why did you buy a cartridge when you've already got an EverDrive which has got as many games as you can ever want on it? Well, Sean, because Uh Yoshi's Island uh, Super Mario World 2 has got an FX chip 2 in it, which the EverDrive doesn't support. So you can't actually play the FX and the FX2 chips in it. So you can't play like Star Fox and Doom, and there's a handful of other games that came out with those special chips in. It's a special graphics subprocessor, I think it is. And I really, really like Yoshi's Island. I actually completed it on the SNES years ago when I had it. And I also completed it with my youngest lad on a PC emulator. And I thought, I've got to play that. I've got, I've got a Super Famicom. I have to have that game. So I bought it. Uh, it was seven quid from eBay, which is an absolute bunch. It's an unboxed cartridge. But the thing is, the guy sent it to me with just a bag around it. No bubble wrap, no packaging at all, no even... Even if it was in a jiffy bag, I'd have been happy. Nothing. Just a, basically a piece of paper around it. God. And I moaned. But I said to him, I really must insist you use packaging. Uh, and I'm quite tempted to give you a neutral. Not a negative, because, you know, he'd sent the card and it works okay. And he was very, oh, yeah. very sorry about it. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I ran out of bags. And I thought it would be strong enough. I hope it works. You know, do tell me if it doesn't. Which is great, right? I'm not too bad about that. I'm quite a reasonable mm. person. It works fine. So there's absolutely I've given positive feedback and everything. But I also bought the same cartridge about two weeks earlier for a slightly cheaper. It's £5.50. Uh, and it was supposed to have been delivered by the 9th of January. About the 14th or the 15th, I thought, hold on a minute. Where's my card? should have come here the other day. So I sent the guy a message, a polite message saying, I haven't got the cartridge uh, at the moment. Is there a problem? And the next day, I waited a day, a day and a half, I think, nothing no reply or not even a reply to say sorry i've run out of cartridges or i couldn't get to the post office or you know my legs fell off or something nothing <clears throat> and i looked on his feedback and he had in, and he had 92.4 percent feedback and he'd sold a lot of things so he's had a lot of complaints and a lot of the complaints were saying guy never sent me anything no no explanation no feedback nothing so i'm gonna neg that mother <laughs> yeah so that is really Don't annoying because i bought it thinking oh it's you know it's a cheap cartridge it'd be here in a couple of days i'll play it and he just didn't turn up i was like hold on a minute if a guy had said to me i'm i'm, I'm away at the moment or something i'd have been yeah don't worry just send it when you're back it's fine There's no rush but he did nothing how annoying why bother trying to sell something on ebay if you're not going to send it and not tell the person why you're obviously going to get a negative feedback it's going to get a lot of that Egypt. i have also got another person's pickups to talk about my my mate Alex, former co-host of this podcast and YouTuber extraordinaire, has also bought a re- recently bought a Moon Alien Cabaret Cab, and it's even by his admissions as well as mine, an ugly little thing, but the artwork on it is lovely. The actual shape of it's a bit weird, uh, but the artwork's really nice. And it's basically a Nichibutsu Gal- uh, Galaxian clone. And it's a Galaxian yeah, clone where you had a you had a a fuel bar on the bottom, and I think you've got bendy bullets on it as well. You remember Gal- Galaxian with bendy bullets? You get like the, mm. the odd hacked versions. You got like super speedy and hacking bendy bullets. So you can actually, when you fire, you can control the bullets to a certain degree. Yeah. So you can actually guide them into the the baddies. But then Mark fixed the cab, and it's a lovely looking thing, even though it's a bit ugly. But he's also got, and this quite impressed me. I saw the picture of it the other day. He's got a golf cabaret. Mm. Love they're, a golf they're rare. They're rare. Not so rare, but they're really nice. I don't really like the upright shape um, golf very much. It's massive. It's a really weird mm. shape. 
But his um, his little cabaret is lovely. And Alex, if you ever want to get rid of it, give me a shout. I do like that. One. <laughs> I would make room for that. Well, strangely enough, I've got a couple of pickups. Really? Wow. From uh, well, this one's a gimme from a mate, Darren, at work. A good friend is a Holly branded '55 Chevy Bel Air Gasser. And you which are is a, a Gasser. Which is a pickup truck with Holly on the side that they make parts. Oh. Which is good, but I can't get in it because it's a Hot Wheels toy. And it's also still sealed. It's not now. Oh, have you taken I it out? It. Yeah, I've had, I've had a play oh, with it. Oh, the collectors the won't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Before you before you unsealed it, it was worth £50,000, but not anymore. Oh, nah, it doesn't matter, does it? And also, because I've been frying Raspberry Pis, I've got another Raspberry Pi 3. Do you fry them in garlic? Because that's probably your problem. Oh, you need to fry yeah. them in butter. Yeah, a bit slippy they are now. Yeah, but they're anyway, crispy. Yeah, and I also got 128 gig micro SD card for the Raspberry Pi. I just put MAME emulators on it because I just I like to see the podcast game we're playing if they work on RetroPie. So I've done that. You say here put three MAME emulators on it. What do you mean by three? Is that different versions of MAME? Yeah, Final Burn Alpha. May, LR MAME 2003, which is the two that are supported by RetroPie, yeah. and Ad- Advanced MAME, which you have to load the emulator in, which pe- loads of people are still using Advanced MAME, so it's pretty quick. Yeah. But it doesn't come as standard in a RetroPie install now. Can, did, yeah. I, I always ask people like yourself and, and Lewis Gamer, because he's quite good with RetroPies, and also Rich Chunkston, who's an absolute expert on it. Um, why does RetroPie support such old versions of MAME? Can they not use a new one? There is builds. There is builds for new versions of Mame on the Raspberry Pi, but they're just too slow. Well, even on a Pi three, yeah, even with so, the old games as well, which shouldn't take too much processing power. Yeah, I think so because the older versions of Mame were, were cut out. Uh, they they did shortcuts to make the games play at full speed, so they they're chopping. Oh, okay. They're like chopping bits out you know chopping cycles out to make the games play faster so the same game on mame 2016 will play crap compared to mame 2003 yeah on the raspberry pi it's really frustrating to me that we've we've got the raspberry pi 4 now with like four gig of memory it's a really powerful little computer but because they've they've changed the graphics processor and i think it's something to do with the code that goes with it yeah it's very difficult for MAME to run on it, apparently, because it probably would run really nicely, but because they've done so much so much of a change to it from 3 to 4, it's not really been supported yet. I mean, that the Raspberry Pi 4 has been out, what, six months now, maybe? Maybe longer? I think it works on HDMI out, but it is, there's no sort of CRT drivers that are any good, I think. I think they're really struggling to get them working. Oh, right, is that what it is? So yeah, is there a version so. of MAME on the Pi 4 yet? Because I think they've just done RetroPie, which does a lot of the consoles and a few versions of MAME. I think so. I think you can get MAME for Retro. Yeah, Raspberry uh, Pis, to me, have, they've just lost their, their credibility, really, because they're so difficult to get going and... I don't know, Linux, and it seems to be everything's underpowered on them. Yeah. Mm. They're good because they're so small. I like I like the fact that you can get them in a tiny, you, know, you can put them in a Spectrum case or in a little joystick case or in a little handheld. I like that idea of them. And especially if you've got a, an image that just you just burn onto there and it works, that's absolutely fine. But when you start messing with stuff, that's when it gets annoying for me. I've sort of given up on that. I'm not. Yeah. I don't like tinkering with computers anymore. I just want the damn things to work. That's why I went from 
PCs to Mac because the PC software was always you know in a problem. You have to update it. It would blue screen on you every now and again. And it just, I got so, I just, I just want something that works. Just leave it alone and it works. And it's the same mm. with me with arcade stuff now. At least with the PCB, when they actually do flipping work, you plug them in and they work. There's no loading mm. up. There's no nothing to mess around with. They just flipping work, which is kind of what I like about console stuff as well. You put the, the cartridge in and well, Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. Yeah. Easy days then, weren't they? Put it in and it works. Instant loading. Oh, yeah. Love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listener feedback. Alan Delta Lima's been on. He says, how about for 2020, you give 10 points to the lowest score for each game. I've been racing ahead with my last few submissions. And he also says to you, Sean, the way I see it, Ed and myself are sparing you all the blushes. Because obviously they're not doing so well. Oh, Ben of Steel. Here, here. One of my many New Year's resolutions was to pick up with the featured games. One of my favourite podcasts to listen to. Thanks to you two for setting me off. And thanks to me for setting him off on the IPA road. He's now an IPA drinker. He likes flowery beer that tastes like dishwater. Nice. Daffodils. Charlie Farr's been on. He's pretty good at Charlie Farr games, apparently. Many resonant pings to us <laughs> for another fine year of the Ten Pence Arcade podcast. Blah 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 blah. Somewhat, sometimes irrelevant, occasionally irreverent, but always funny. I'm glad you think so. If you've an interest in gaming, give them a listen. Here's a few of my favourite featured games of 2019, and obviously talking about some games we're playing. Finesse. Island Pirate, Sarah's score of 10,540 on Astro Invader was on proper hardware that we talked about last he, time. When she got the game back to Canada, where they live, and played it, Canada. she beat my score. Because I had about 9,000 at the PRGE show, and she beat it when she got home. And we didn't include her score. We should have, really, because she did it on proper hardware. She's very good at that. 10,540, Sarah got. Ping. Adam Godfrey. I recently picked up a Data East slash Data Deco Acrobatic Dogfight PCB. Fun little game, kind of like Time Pilot meets Skyskeeper meets... You get the idea. I'd like to suggest that for review someday. Uh, I have heard of the game, never played it. Mm. Buller, Happy New Year, Ten Pencers. Great episode as always. Best mysterious, mysterious Japanese lady intro yet. Not sure what to think about X Multiply at the moment. It just makes me want to play R Type. Mm. Listening to Vic telling people how to play their retro games made me think of Abe Simpson yelling at a cloud. Goddamn clouds! Oh right, but I agree. You can't beat that CRT glow. I'm sure Vic knows his onions, but when talking about composite and SCART, it's worth mentioning that composite is just a type of analogue video signal and SCART is a connector. We know that, don't we? Yes. When using composite cables, whether it's composite to composite, phono plugs, composite to SCART or SCART to SCART, the signal level and the impedance are all the same and will produce better than RF, but average image. To really make those consoles sing, a fully wired RGB cable plugged into an RGB SCART socket, most likely socket one on old CRT. Uh, old CRTs will do the job nicely. I could waffle on about Sync on Luma, C-Sync and JP21, but I'll drop drop it there. Do you want me to talk about them, Vic? No. Okay. Each their own. I was happy playing my Specky 48K on a black and white TV with RF after all. Here's a good one. He's put, P.S. Can I request the Muncher Menace Chew It's advert for future, for future not sponsored by... 
Ooh. No, you cannot. They are entirely my choice. That's my thing to do that. But that was a good advert. I remember that one. My PVM Trinitron that I play my console stuff on has got RGB BNC connectors, which I connect to a SCART. Yeah, because mm. SCART carries RGB and composite and audio, actually. You just got to wire up to whatever. But yeah. RGB, I, I, I am... I was talking to Lewis a little bit about modding my Super Famicom to output RGB over SCART, but it's a scary um, little connector you've got to do. You've got to, I think you've got to cut a connection on it, which I'm a bit peeved to do. But mm-hmm. I would like RGB out because it is, there is a bit of ghosting on the composite image on there, which I'm a bit annoyed about because I want to play RGB snares, which is lovely. So I have to talk to him about that one. Pete Han's been on. Remember the Space Bananas? Yes. He did say, I tried it a few days later on Kristen. It only took her three times when I mentioned it until she caught on and found the space banana in her bag I'd planted earlier. Basically, you get a banana, cover it in foil, put it in your wife's handbag, and just let her find it. It's a little sort of gift to her. And then he said, the next day before I'd left work, I found this as my desktop background. And I'll put a picture on the uh, show notes for this. Basically, you've got two computer monitors together. He's got a two-monitor setup, and it's the Space Invaders logo. But Kirsten has changed the, the Space Invaders to Space Bananas on it. She's actually got... So everyone should know, remember men, hell hath no fury like a woman's Photoshop skills. It's good skills, then. Mm, it was pretty good. Bananas. Stuart, time warp. He's talking about X-Mobile Supply. So I love dying on the level two boss and being made to start the whole level from scratch. It's a great feature. I agree. Not. Benson Rad. It's a new decade. Surely time for a 10 pence orchestra reunion. No. I agree. <laughs> yeah, why not? Anyway, Mr. 20 to 5. He sent us loads of feedback and some really nice words, so thanks for that, Neil. He's also said there's a couple of mentions of Vectrex and Astro Blaster's early, early doors on the podcast. Astro Blaster, he says, was such a great game, which he didn't know about, and he only played on our recent podcast where he really got into it. Since then, it's been a good friend of mine. I finally managed to get hold of an original cocktail Astro Blaster cabinet. And the most impressive thing by far is not just the speech, but the whole sound. The speech, the asteroids, fields, the explosions. When listening when listening in a home environment, it's simply amazing. Ear water, really good. They are really good, beefy sounds. Oh, right. That- so he's uh, no, a good friend of his has got the, the cabinet, which he's been playing. I thought he got one for himself for a minute then. I was like, oh, oh, sorry. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so good, good on him. Yeah, he now knows onto Vectrex. I do have. Do I have one? No. Do I want one? Yes. Everyone should want a Vectrex. Yeah. Come on. Chris Parsons is making him want to play more and more games, and that old lanky golf guy down south, knocking out bespoke controllers. There's some new ones coming out soon. Uh oh. Mm. He started researching coding these he has. Ooh, good mm. good luck, Mr. Twenty to Five. Question time is said here. Tech question. So maybe suited for Sean, of course it is. Of course it is, darling. Following Vic's offer to remove freely remove all HDMI connections jokingly, but how would it actually be to run a modern mini console or similar through a CRT? How would you do that? Can you do it? Yep. Use a converter. You can get cheap Chinese converters. You put HDMI, HDMI in, it does some gubbins, and it's got another plug out to go to composite on a CRT. Is it any good? Yeah, I think they're not too bad. They've probably introduced a little bit of lag, I presume, but nothing you really notice. Yeah, no, fine. Stinks, no. 
I've got I've got converters to do all sorts. The ones that go from VGA to to CGA and the other way around and S video and all sorts. Yeah, you can get them. Mm. Everything's doable. Yeah. Next is on about PAL versus NTSC, and there's a debate on unsocial media, as he calls it. Mm. But I sit firmly in Vic's garden. I understand and get that PAL is not necessarily the best way to experience games, and I get that a lot of the artwork is and on the NTSCs, especially Japaneses at the time, a country mile ahead of the UK variant. However, he played PAL as a child. Mm. No, I think we all did, it. yeah. Woolworths with his nana. Not with my nana, I hope. Just his nana. Pouring over the shelves. What was he pouring on the shelves, mate? Oh, pour, not pouring stuff over PAL games. It was a PAL game. So PAL is what he plays, and he has to play PAL. Mm, yeah. It's it's slower. It's slower. Oh, at the time, about... we didn't know about it, so no. it didn't matter, did it? No, no. Then he's on about Dark Skies, which I was on about. There's mm. a place up near him that I might check out. Thank you very much. He sent us a picture of that on, on the... I think it was on this email, and it mm. looks gorgeous. The sky looks lovely there. That'd be a nice thing to do, I think. Wife's already checked it out. Yeah, cool. It looks like, to be honest, it may have closed down, but there's there's one a bit higher up the Northumberland that we can have a look at. Nice. Vic mentions Sydney Hunter, which com- and compares it to Rick Dangerous and Monty Zuma's Revenge. So I'm intrigued to see if I could beat it. I think I might have dipped by the time you read this. I wouldn't, mate. You're going to be sadly annoyed. And he's put Luigi's Mansion. He loves 1, 2 and 3. I've not played so much 2. I've got it on the 2DS, but I haven't played it because I've got one of those multi-carts. I haven't played it, but I will give it a go after I've done 3. I love a bit of Luigi's Mansion. Brilliant. And loads more fever. Thanks a lot for this, Neil. He prefers Astro Invader over Kamikaze. That's another thing he's saying. Yeah, and X-Multiplayer is calling it X-Multi-Poo. The differences between this and our type is the large mothership levels here. How one is great is a great example and the other is a turd. <laughs> Tell it like it is, Neil. He, he, is, he has got a point, though. He has got a point. Yes, and Rygar with 17 R's uh, Happy New Year, 10 pences and thanks for another great podcast I don't think I've played Kamikaze before but despite its obvious flaws and cruddy end of level graphic sequence I really warmed to it in the end good to hear as I expected as I suspected there was some kind of shot counting shenanigans going on I'll be getting to grips with these when I get the chance and hopefully racking up a top score not so sure about X Multiply. It's one of those games, an interesting track sequence that I remember seeing back in the day, but never felt tempted to pump my 10 P's into. A bit like Gemini Wing. On playing for the first time, I couldn't have thinking it was a rip-off of R-Type. Then I noticed it was produced by them, but by IREM, which kind of explains that. But is it cut from the same pixels? Mm, sure, it's got some interesting features. The drifting arms power-ups are fun. I suppose the music's pretty good. However, there's something about it that just doesn't gel. It might be the colour palette of the backgrounds, the muddy purple tones and lack of primary colour doesn't do it for me. And if we're honest about it, just all the sprites with the exception of your ship are pretty badly drawn. In that respect, it has a feeling of a supercharged Amiga game rather than an arcade classic. Remember Shadow of the Beast? Amazing and atmospheric landscape with brilliant parallax scrolling, well-designed and convincing main character, but childishly realised baddies and tedious gameplay. For me, X Multiply ticks the last box too, and the music, as good as it is, doesn't really mould into the game. It doesn't work. R-Type trumps it on every front. I've had a few goes and posted my best effort on the amazing Arcade Psychic app. Doubt I'll be going back to it anytime soon, though. Ooh. He has some good points there. He does. He does. Friendly shout-outs. 
I would like to give a and a shout out to Matt Lamborn from RGDS podcast. Um, he offered via Twitter private message to send me a bunch of loose SNES cartridges when he heard that I only had poor old Mr. Do to play on my Super Famicom Junior at the time. Um, and a good heart these days is hard to find. Please be gentle. <laughs> Sound like Vic Reeves. Remember Vic Reeves used to do that stuff. I did a bit of uh, a bit of club singing. Anyway, a good heart is hard to find. Thank you very much, Matt, for the offer. Thank you. It is. It is. Also, big shout out to our competition winners and Paul McCaskey and Martin Stevenson, who've both got their game machines. They've both got the quarter arcades. Paul had the Pac-Man, and Martin had the Gallagher. And they've got them pride of place, and they're playing them. Brilliant. Well done, kids. I'd like to say thank you for all the support we got, all the Happy New Year messages, and, you know, you're doing a good job despite the the incoherent ramblings of certain podcasting people. Yeah. And, yeah, thank you very much for all them. It's, it's really, it really warms the cockles of your feet when you get them. It really makes it all worthwhile when people are stopping you in the street, shaking your hands, having photos, giving you biscuits, yeah. throwing you off of fire escapes. It's just a lovely thing. Do you know what I've got to say to those people? Yeah. Come. What game you've you've done one this time, Sean, which is very good of you. What yes. game from a console or a computer do you think would have been good in the arcade? Well, I think this game called BC's Quest for Tires. From I Sierra, remember it well. On the Commodore sixty four and a few other things from nineteen eighty three. Atari was on, which I played it on. Cross between Wonder Boy and Jungle Hunt and some others. Simple side starts. Easy for you to say. Simple side scrolling jump and duck game, which would work really well as one of them ticket redemption games. Get it, out! You've got like a button, or maybe two buttons, maybe two buttons, jump and duck, and you're a little caveman on a wheel. Uh, maybe you could go forward and back on a stone like. unicycle. And he's just got to get to the end of level. It's a very short game. You know, you could put it on a one of these Andamiro things that they release, like Cross the Froggy Road or whatever it is, and you could spit out the tickets. We love these tickets. You get the tickets. You have 5,000 tickets, tin of beans, or whatever. You know what would be better, don't you? Yeah. If they actually had um, a vertical 50-inch screen in front of you, modern-looking screen, mm. and get you to actually sit on a stone-wheeled unicycle or a plastic one made to look like stone, and you actually did the motions... Have it as a move. So you actually pedal the the little pedals, and hold yeah. onto the seat and do little jumps when you had to, and duck like down, prop, like prop cycle. Yeah, but not as difficult. I quite like the game, and I've just watched a walkthrough, and it's like four minutes. All right, four minutes to finish it. I never finished it. I think it's really hard. Yeah, I think it does. Arcade Master Quiz. I've got a quiz for you, Sean, and it has eight million different questions. Out of 10? Out of 10, yeah. 8 million out of 10 you can get on this. One. I think there's 15 questions in all, because we're getting... I do like a quiz, and they seem to be quite popular, and I like making you think, which, no. to be fair, you're not that good at. I'm not so keen on thinking, Nick. You ready? I'll leave, that, I'll leave that to other people. Go on. Let's roll the music. Sean Holly. Question yes. one. 
Yes. What kind of a game is Astro Pal? Must hurry you. <laughs> a scrolling platformer. No, it's an Asteroids ripoff. It's a, it's a, a raster version of Asteroids, and it's not very good. Astro Pal. Astro Pal, yeah. Let me get my notepad so I can write your score down. Do I get a point for not ever hearing of them? No, just a minute. Let me just write down a big fat zero. Zero so far. Damn. Question two. What mm. CP what CPU does that game use? I gave you a bit of a clue saying it was crap. Z eighty. No, way older than that. Eighty eighty. I'll just write another zero next to that. God. Question three. Yeah. What do you chuck out of your car in Armoured Car to slow baddies down? Now, we've covered Armoured Car. You should know this. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like little sticky things, that you, like roadblocks. Yeah, what are they called? Styes. No, it's a sawhorse. I'll let you have that one because you, you are correct. They're yeah. sawhorses. You put planks on them to saw. It's oh, like, like a it. platform with two legs on it. Question four. Where are you going in Armoured Car? To the bank. Yes. Two out of four. Yes. Question five. Yes. What is the French version of The End called? (laughs) Le Derriere? No, that's bottom. Oh. There is a French version, and the the whole game is different because of the name of it. Finn. It is Finn. Oh, that's a guess. And for an extra bonus point, which I haven't written down... What, 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 where were, that was the remix of it. What is different about the end to Finn? Just the word, isn't it? You've got the word that they pick up and they go back up in the end. Yes. Yeah. I've got four then. I've got four there. What they do is they, they, they nick bricks and they put them in the shape of the end. So when it says the end, that's the end of the game. Well, obviously on the French one, it's just Finn. So it's probably Finn. A, bit, a, bit, a bit more difficult. Question six. What control method does kick have? Paddle. No, it's trackball. Is it? Yep. Kick is a like a circus game, isn't it? Like the seesaw no. breakup game. No. 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 Huh? Sean, I'm the question master. Don't argue with the question master. What is that game then? Kick. Kick is you're you're a clown on a unicycle and you've got to balance balloons on your hat. It's kind of that. That no, it's not. Thing, it? You can you can when the balloons go down by the side, you press the button, you can kick them back up in the air. You're thinking of Circus by Exidy. Oh damn it! Number seven. What? Oh, I've just given you the answer. Damn it! I just said what vehicle is involved in kick? Oh, unicycle. Mm, yeah. What an idiot. Question eight. What kind of a game is Woodpecker? Woodpecker. Woodpecker, it's a beak simulator. <laughs> no, it's a rubbish Donkey Kong ripoff. Really? Question yeah. nine. What company made Woodpecker? Is it a famous company or not? No. Oh, God. Sanritsu. No, Aminip. Aminip? Yeah, Aminip. that's the name of them. Uh, is that like catnip, do you think? I think it is. Question 10. What enemies do you have in Lasso? Lasso. Lasso. There's Cows. three. Well, there's two. Yeah, two. Possibly three answers. To, or five answers to this, actually. 
Cows. Yeah. Horses. Yeah. Cactuses. No, that's cacti. How dare you? Cacties. But you're Cactus sort of right in a way. I'll give you half a point for this. I'm going to write half on me pad. Lasso, <laughs> the bad guys in it, are wolves or dogs. They look like wolves. And also, these funny-looking dragons come out of the wells and fire at you. But if you get hit by the cows, the sheep, or the horses, they take a life off you as well. And we're going to know about Lasso, because I'm going to pick it before long, because it's a great little game. Who made sure Lasso? Taito. SNK. Damn. Who made Load Runner 3 in the arcade? He looks very Ooh. confused, listeners. Ooh, was it? It's, it's uh, Konami, someone big, isn't it? Someone big. Yeah, it's not them. Irem. Oh, and who Irem. did Irem license it from? Broderbund. Yeah, that's easy. Got that. Uh, question 14. What mm. is your weapon in Penguin Kun Wars? You can't even say it. You made this up. <laughs> Peng- uh, 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 a, a disapproving wing. No, it's a ball. A ball? Yeah, you fire a ball at the other penguin. What colour is your penguin? Black and white. Nope, blue. Blue penguin firing. For I'm extra not bonus that, point. Yeah. Which isn't even on my questions. What colour is your opponent on Penguin Kun Wars? Black and white. Pink. <laughs> so, out of about 17 questions, you've got six and a half. They're really, really hard. I know, because I am a... I've not heard of half of them games. Well, you should do your homework, mister. Ooh. Ooh. And a word from our sponsor. Kinder. You both shaky. Kinder surprise from Ferrero. <laughs> nope. Oh, nope. No. Don't like, oh, oh, no. Don't. Nope. Oh, I never liked it back nope. then either. Ew, ew. Nope. Feature game review. Okay, kids, this is the featured game review. This is what you've all been waiting for all this time. It's X Multiply 1989 from IRM. Runs on Ricky's Hot Sauce and Broken Dreams. I will interject with some facts. It runs on IRM M72 and M82 hardware, same as R-Type, oddly enough. Uh, It uses a V32, which I've never heard of before, which is a 16-bit processor. V30. And a Z80 and a YM2151 for sound. It's a horizontal shmup with an eight-way joystick and four, yes, four buttons. They all function as fire all the same, but there's a reason why there's more than one button. Really? This is I've missed in the whole game. No, no, you haven't. They all right. function as the same button, but you can use four buttons. Right. Well, you are a teeny tiny ship injected. Teeny tiny weeny weeny ship injected into the bloodstream of Gwyneth Paltrow. Your job is to kill all of them tiny alien organisms inside her, so she can be reunited with her husband, Iron Man. Have you seen her uh, bat shit website, Goop? 
Have you ever been on I Goop? <gasps> Please, listeners, never, ever take anything from that site as real health advice. It even has astrological stuff on there. That alone should ring alarm bells out for anyone with a brain bigger than a Brussels sprout. I like Brussels sprouts. Honestly, that website is is horrific. Might check it out now. Mm. Might might subscribe. Subscribe to Goop. Anyway, this game is a one-button game, sort of. which is un- unusual for this time period. But oh my word, does that one button get some hammering? Oh yes, ma'am. That's what she said. Woo! Right, how to play? It's like our type with arms instead of balls. Scroll left to right, shoot stuff right in face, avoid background scenery and obstacles. That's my story. That's that's it. I can't really argue with that. But the actual mm. plot is based on Fantastic Voyage where the Allens, or aliens, are microscopic and sent to destroy humankind from within. That's where your teeny tiny in your eeny weeny spaceship come from in to save the day. But, Sean has other ideas for the game's story. Yeah, I've, I've looked into it, and the, this is the actual story of X Multiply. It's broken down into levels, right? Level one is peak shopping hour in Ipswich Town Centre. Avoid chavs with prams and flying sausage roll wrappers from the Pound Bakery. Or... Usual weird wiggly baddies. All look like they've been inspired from Geiger, but more colourful. Halfway boss, three massive eyeballs blocking your way. Poke them or shoot them or right in the eye and shift them. You can then get to a rock with smaller boulders spewing out of it. Think of Gradius. Then a baddie is extruded from the rock. Another Geiger monster. It fires pink plasma balls at you. When they explode, a six-way collection of bullets fly out. Keep smacking it in the chop to kill it. 10,000 points. End of level bonus. Thank you, Andrew, level, bonus. Uh, level two is date night in Horwich. Things are not going well, so shoot Jeff in the plums with a red laser. Oof. Big flying Leviathan thing. Same idea as level three in our type. Fly up and over, round the back and under it, killing off all the weapon parts as well as some other aliens that drop on you. Finally end up back at the front the lower end where an evil he detaches and fire laser balls from its eyes. 20,000 point end of bonus level. End I thought of level more. bonus even. I thought there were more points than that. I must have been... Never no, mind. it's 10, 20, 30, etc. in the levels. Oh, level three. This is what really happens. It's an expedition to Grimsby. Mm. Several evil infestations have rocked up at the local car boot looking for a bargain. Use your bombs here as a distraction technique while you snag that orange GameCube for a quid. Oh, I'd love an orange GameCube for a quid. Uh, scary inside an alien forest type of scenery. Nice multi-layer looking tree backgrounds on this level. Go past the ton of alien catabillies Caterpillar has been spat out from the ceiling and ground sputum sacks. The video I was watching of the different levels, it was clearly using autofire because it's one of those cheaty ones, just stayed in the middle of the screen using the blue laser weapon that kills everything off easily. Three evil heeds in the floor and ceiling that need knocking out. When they die, their eye area is ripped off. It looks horrific. Snacky snack time. Watch out for snake. I saw the snack killed immediately. The player followed in front of the snack's path and destroyed it in seconds. You keep scrolling for a bit which is when you should be killing the travelling snack. You get then to an area where you're locked in and four corner monsters are firing out angled lasers. I think they use the angled laser weapons from R-Type on this, but against you. You can sit, you can stay in sit spots for this and the lasers don't get you. Uh, 30,000 point end of level bonus. Can you see a pattern here? Yes. Mm, I managed to do that. I managed to get in that one spot once. Oh. Anyway, l- level four. It's 1989 and it's Sunday lunch round at Grandma's. Inspired by your new favourite game, X Multiply, you've decided to make two huge cardboard arms and stick them to your back. Try to use your massive arms to pick up boiled potatoes from the dinner table and feed them to the dog. 
a level full of the scenery moving around trying to crash into you and tight spots to fly through. Suspect end of level monster looks like it's pulling itself off. But I think it's pulling a lever uh, to fire at you. Bits of it detach and come at you firing, as well as a long-necked thing. Bonus, 40k. You guessed it. We're on level five, kids. This one's called At the Doctors. You've got an infection in your tentacles. As a, as a result, you've unexpectedly started to fire luminous blue polos all over shop. Doctor tells you not to worry and just to keep taking the power-ups. There's loads of scenery to remove, uh, to fly through. Uh, think of the expanding pink blobs in Salamander. You've got to keep shooting until they disappear. Massive purpley diamond gem things falling out of the roof to get in your way and make some tight tunnels to fly through. A section where deadly drops are dropped from the ceiling and into a deadly pool at the bottom, where they splash into the bottom. Six droplets splosh out of it and can hit you from the bottom. Nice mechanic, this. Uh, get a wiggle on and stay at the top. Avoid the roof plops. An horrible knackered snack comes out of the water at the end with a zomboid skullington head and fires loads of alien wiggly sperms at you. It dives and emerges in front and behind you. You know the bonus by now. Yeah, right, level six. This one's called My Life as a Goat. The creepy bovine god thing at the end of this game has inspired you to try life as a goat, which seems to involve sounding like a crap sheep, pulling funny faces for internet memes, and producing mild cheese. You do know that bovine describes cows, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yes I do. You do now? Yeah. What's ovine then? Ovine is is for donkeys. Yeah. Ovine relates to sheep. What about equine? E- equine is for them skitty horses. Yes. <laughs> it actually a goat. A goat is not a bovine. It's something else. But no, it, is, it starts with a C. But I thought bovine sounded better. Bovine yeah. god. Shall I, shall I tell them what really happened in the level? You can if you want. It's nice pulsating background on this level. I like it. Loads of nooks and crannies for the aliens to hide in and shoot stuff at you. A lot of tight spots to fly through again. The level then starts scrolling downwards. Tons of stuff shooting at you are near impossible tight bits to negotiate. At the bottom of the pit is a flying hawk's foot alien. Well, that's what it looks like to me. Hang about and let your wiggly bionic tentacle arms do all the damage while you stay out of the way and everything trying to hit you. Uh, and level seven... Uh, Ooh. This is the caverns. It sort of reminded me slightly of Scramble. There's more tight flying involved, and for some reason, 9 million weapon pods appear on this level. I don't know why. Loads of them appear on the video I watched. Mm-hmm. A really cool-looking demon emerges from the bottom of the screen with a bunch of skulls spinning around him, which I quite like, while a devil angel pops a big blue egg on his tum-tum. When the demon thing flops off, the egg hatches and four fast, bumpy baddies come out, shooting a lot very quickly. When this lot are dealt with, your ship shoots out of wherever it's been flying around at to a message that says, You are brave. You are great. You detected where I was, found out my soft spot, and risked your life in this battle. Are you, however? It's Victor. I have intelligence. I have power. I shall play you forever. You then get grabbed by the column thing that deposited you at the start of the game and treated to a boss naming Segment. Now, the bosses are, number one, Hoster, and his subname is Brian. Brian Two is Brian. Rakusu, Ken. Ken. Three, Zarakusu, Debbie. Debbie. Four, Gooms, Karen. Five, Hydra, Dave. Dave. Six, Daya, 
Leslie. And number seven, the last boss, is Bikey, or Keith, as we like to call him. Not Trevor. No, Trevor's a boss they found on the cutting room floor. He was boss eight, they couldn't fit him into the game. Oh, poor, poor Trev. Trev poor the Trev. boss. You then get a pointless one million point bonus, and then you get a chance to try again. So it's just loop it again. This is the end of the loop. Seven levels of Whoa. mayhem. I think there's lots of sections here, as we've talked about, you know, like Gradius, R-Type, Salamander, plagiarising them, mm. the volcano, the big ship on level two, you rotate around, the huge snacks rolling around the screen. There's a lot of bits copied, but a lot of them are from their own, IRM's own games. Yeah, but, it, yeah, they should have just done some new stuff, maybe. It, mm. it seems like they thought, we need to make a horizontal shooter for all the horizontal shooting fans, and they've just put all the stuff in that horizontal shoot fans would like, but they've nicked it and it's so obviously stolen or, or reused from their own library of things. It mm. just seems to me cheap. Yeah. 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 Right, tips and secrets. Don't die. Keep your chin up, kiddo. We'll get through this. And, and from the playthrough I've seen on YouTube, a good technique is not to move. So you keep your arm... If Every time you move, your arms, you know, compress. And yeah, that. if you go left and right, backwards and forwards... They fly to the back of you shooting and then in front of you, and you, it uses like a. You can't, nothing can get through the arms. It's like a big force field. But if something mm. gets underneath or into them, you can get killed. So when you're pulling backwards, the arms go around you. When you pull forwards, they go backwards to shoot, which is quite clever, but it's not useful when there's loads of bullets around. You want them around you. Yeah, I don't know if they're, they're trying for a different kind of gimmick, aren't they? For it, but do you know you I rem do this on a few games. They had the the shield on R type one and two, and they also yeah. you can you can flap your dragon around you and dragon breed as well to protect yourself. Mm. And dragon breed is a way better game than this, way better. Yeah, we were talking about that today mm. at work. We, we will do that is, one day. Yeah. It's a good game. Yeah, but this game to me looks very much like a memory game. And I watched some of Pete Hahn's playthrough, because he, he loops it a few times. I think he got the world record on it. Um, and he moves to certain spots at certain points in the game, killing off stuff before it even gets on the screen. So he obviously knows exactly when the aliens are going to come out. And he gets there and he kills them before they even get on the screen to make his life easier. So once you know the game, I think you could do it quite easily, but I'm not very good at remembering patterns and stuff. Yeah, it's it can be a memory game, I think. What do you think of the graphics and sound? I think they're the best graphics and sound I've ever seen in this game in my life. Definitely in this game, they're the best, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they come in a bit... bit they're very good, they're really well done, because I remember at the top of the game, 8-bit, uh, you know, no, eight, come on, 2D graphics at this point, yeah. but becoming a bit formulaic, I would say. I, I said they look just like all IRM games at this point, really nicely presented. But on this particular game, I think the gameplay falls down a bit. It does look good, and the sounds are pretty good. I like the laser sounds, quite thumping mm. bass sounds, good music. Yeah, good music. Really nicely know, presented, as most are. Some of the sounds are. are really good, yeah. Yeah. Cabinet art. Nout. No, kit only, as far as I know. I, I think this game would probably have been installed into an R-Type cabinet. When the game, when R Type got a bit old, and they thought, oh, you know, there's a game like R Type, it'll fit in the same cab. It's it's got enough buttons on it and stuff, so it probably looked good in an R Type cab. Yeah, but it would, but it would. If they did actually make artwork for it, it would look quite nice because the, the X multiplayer artwork would probably be quite good. But I've never seen any. 
Mm, yeah, but some of the baddies would be good. Bit of trivia on this game. Because uh, it's a later game, I think stuff like Infinite Lives, Cheats, and Invincibility and that were quite rife in console games. And this was released in 1989. There was a lot of consoles around. On the PCB, if you turn um, Dip Switch 2, number 7 switch on, and reset the game holding down player 1 button 2, because there's four buttons can be used on this game, you can actually wire up for four buttons. So number right. two would have been either inside the cab or button two if it was on a, a a repurposed cab. So you wouldn't think that button would do anything apart from press fire. If you hold that button down, turn the game on, you start the game with invincibility. Right. Mm. But why why did it have four playable buttons? Because on MAME, I, I actually put... I've got four buttons on it. I use a keyboard for some MAME. And... Each button does exactly the same thing. It just shoots. But why do they wrap it to four buttons? Most iron games are two buttons, I think. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah, odd, that one. Let's do scores. Um, I have not put in a score because I got so annoyed playing the game, I just didn't bother. Right. Up yours, Irem. <laughs> okay. Where have you got Cradster? Cradster? Who's Cradster? Cradster. He's a crap. 133,900 points. Rob Arcade 79, uh, 140,500 points. And he says, Go forth and multiply, as it's known. Only grab 10 minutes on this. 80s clackers, strange choice for shield weapon or schweppen, if you like. Been having a little rest on the game, hence my lack of scoring subs. Still listening, still guffawing, and still enjoying the podcast. Thank you. I, I didn't see him at the club. I saw him at the club. I'm going to speak to him, but I was busy because something happened, and then I forgot to speak to him. Sorry, Rob. Michael Swiss Liss, two hundred and sixty-five thousand four hundred. Many people have submitted scores on Sidekick. Thanks for that. This is one of them. Andrew Driver on Sidekick also three hundred four thousand six hundred points. Mister Messi messing up the place. His wife's going to kick him out. You know. Isn't that that footballer? Yeah. I don't think it's him. He might be playing. Anyway, you got 323,000. Um, Kitty pin. Meow. 329,850. And she says, she? I think it's she. Might be a he. Kitty. We don't know. You're still brilliant, whoever you are. Uh, a game forever in the shadow of its predecessor, an example of a, de- of a development house trying to one-up themselves on the game mechanics and failing a little flat on the fun factor. The whole thing is just frustrating. Waving around your tentacles, you smash into walls. That's actually a comment from Lewis Arcade. Ah, he's so got 323,600. I've put it in the wrong column on the high scores. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, I agree with this. A game in the shadow of its predecessor. Sure. And the, yeah. What we are on this show is professional. Yeah, I know that. We're really not... Deadlock. Yeah, just trying, trying different game mechanics. It just doesn't work. It's nearly there, mm. but it, it it annoys more than it sort of mm. annoys more than enjoys. Mm. Oh, annoy or enjoy? Mm. I like to enjoy. Mm. Yes, Mister Deadlock. I'm just trying out different sounds. Hmm. 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 That'll do. What did Deadlock get? Three hundred and three thousand six hundred. Did you just go West Country then? <laughs> That was me Irish accent. I thought we went sorry. from Bristol for a minute. Sorry, Mr. Martin Deadlock. I'm sorry. Stacey King, 331,000 on the button. <laughs> oh, I like this one. Even though it's a game about ball bag monsters, or in Scotland, ball bag. And sperm projectiles. Yeah. 
331,000. On his first credit? Oh, you monkey. He didn't play anymore, but he, well, he didn't submit anymore, but he would have done really well him. T-Star, new player, thank you, 331,700. Sal Buglierissi, Sal's been on, 334,900 points. And he says, X Multiply was kind of fun, but I'm not really into shooters. How about we play a nice, solid platformer like Kangaroo Next, just for old time's sake? Sal, you can play Kangaroo on your own as many times as you like. On us. I bet you and him would like to play that together in a cupboard. Oh, he's, he's really good. He's really good at it. He's got 54,000, I think. is Jimmy. Who is Jimmy. he? It's Jimmy sitting in a tree. <laughs> Eating so, his tea. Tea, Jimmy. What, Sean, you, Sean, what are you doing Sean, in the tree, Sean, Jimmy? Sean, Sean, what do you do? Are you going to need a ladder Sean, to get Sean, yourself down? Sean, Sean, soup, Sean, you can score. drop soup. What? Score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 339,900 stupid big head at the end of level 2 only had time for a brief blaster but really liked liked it X multiply love the tentacle Mr. Tickle power up more of the same in 2020 please Mm. Matthew Bridge 342,300 via sidekick again Old Man Steve, 344,600. Second level boss without losing a life, then dead, dead, dead. Even with a ship that can kung fu slap bullets and, and body horror aliens. This is too hard for me, but one more go he's having. Uh, J. Ping Barber, 357,300. I like this at first, but soon get frustrating. I seem to die hitting the scenery. I appreciate the work put in to develop our type after playing this. Mm. Zorro, the flashing blade across the... <laughs> Desert of Mexico. 367, 300 from Sidekick. DNO, 384,500. Uh, Roger Dodger, I've put it in the wrong column again. 369, 200. Your column skills are rubbish. I uh, know. Mark Watno Gravy, 390,900 points. Not played it for about 10 days. I've been distracted by the infinitely better untitled Goose Game and Shovel Knight. I need to get Shovel Knight. It looks good. Hmm, it's an old, old one now, and it's supposed to be yeah. really good. Stuart from the Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater, oh, been... 537,800. Five Loving this and hope to get another try before the deadline. Only got to stage three, but in case I don't, this is it. Mm. Magic, 590,300 points. Ian Cullen, can you do this in a Scottish accent? No, that would be just disrespectful. Well, you do sell a lot. Yeah, but that that needs disrespecting, doesn't it? Okay, five ninety six nine hundred. Poor man's art type. Poor man's art type. Maybe I just suck at it, but I don't think I'll hang around on my favourites list. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> one punch, Rob. He just needs one punch. That's all he needs. Ow! It might be to knock him out, or does he knock anyone else out? Of one yeah, punch. he's got fists of porridge. Fit- Fists of porridge. 627,200. Have to call this a night. Stage three, great game, but as I'm sure other male listeners have found, I have trouble getting my tentacles into a comfortable position. Ooh, yeah, that's a problem. Neil, Mr. 20 to 5. Sir, 20 to 5. We just upgraded him. Uh, mm. 637,000 on the nose. On the fence with this one. Great weird 90s graphics. Not just a one-life game, but nearly is. But very cramped spaces and random screen shifting is really not good. Level 3 is okay once the snake is worked out. Level 4 is just too hard to even bother with. 
Yeah, I got to level four, and it, oh god, it throws everything at you. Mm. Really tight spaces. There's these like gates that you have to shoot through, mm. and it, even the guy with the auto fire on, you know, you, you you're right up against it to to shoot the gates open to get through them. Yeah, annoying. Which are just as wide as your ship. Anyway, Mister Zestora six forty eight five hundred. Lots of shooting in this. Uh, GJ Harris, he's done well. 654,500. Had enough goes now to know I'm not going to get any further. Cheap bullet hits that sneak through your tentacles, especially level 3, stupid big snake. Ooh. Brian Haribo, 723-100. The problem, problem, yeah, the problem with games where you have to fight hordes of eyeballs, tentacles, giant heads and other body parts is that you constantly worry that you're eventually going to have to fight the end, an end of level up. Oh, very clever. Pilbo, 756,700 via Sidekick app. Tagster, Tagster's back, 79,200. He's challenging Paul McCaskey to up his game. Ooh, uh, Paul McCaskey did up his game. El Mipo, 854,900 points. Michael Tillander, 901,300. Yay, cleared stage three, having kind of fun. Paul McCaskey, 954,200. I've been meaning to give it a proper go for years, so thanks for picking it. Thanks also for the Pac-Man I won in the competition. That's amazingly generous of you. And I will just add a little a little thing from Paul McCaskey to Tagster. In your face. Oh, Tagster. Me next, 990,500. It was an okay game. I, I didn't really get on with the tentacles. It was an... A, it was an idea. I didn't think it improved on the horizontal shooting up. I thought it was okay. Mm. But uh, graphics and sound are great for you because it's IRM at this time. But there, yeah, like could be, could have been used in Gradius and Vulcan Venture. They could have been used, transported to them same things. It didn't look like, it didn't look like he was going through Gwyneth Paltrow's bloodstream, did it? No, not at all. Uh, uh, Croco, not heard of that player before. One million. 30,700 points. I like the title screen and the sound when you first drop into the game. That's late 80s arcade sound chip goodness, but I don't like the areas you have to carefully navigate in stage 4. Arcade shoot should be all about bullet dodging and explosions. Yes. Here, here. Very good, sir. Here, here. Golf Mr. Tronad. Mr. Tronad's 1,035,600. It's no R-type, but it's not so bad. Pretty graphics, average sounds, tough gameplay, and reasonably fair when you lose a life. You have got a little bit of speed and a little bit of firepower to get the power-ups back mm. when, you, when you respawn. Uh, Rygar, 1,039,000. Buller, 1,066,700. Level 4 is bugger hard. Mm. Ross Ross, 1,081,000. Millionaires Club, and I'm happy. Really enjoyed this one. Uh, thanks to O5 Pro for the tips. Someone on Twitter, I presume. Ooh. Ed Horse, 1127, 100, 1.1 million. He put that on sidekick. Uh, Soul's been on. Uh, he's pretty good at this because I think he's quite good at R type as well. 1,256,800 points. Hmm, it's like an R type covers band. The hits are there, but something is off. The bootleg Beatles, it shooters. <laughs> in fourth place wow. no hang on yeah fourth place a good start to the year from Mark Happy Dude 1,326,200 much too fiddly on later levels shoot 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 then skip through the small gap I've enjoyed playing it but I don't think it will rush to I'll rush to go back to it 
Yeah. Uh, Matt Neo MK in third place, 1,463,500 points. Tough but fair horizontal shooter, nice graphics and some good tunes. Lots of similarities to Gradius series and R-Type, which I prefer it to. Needs more weapons. Also impossible to recover if you die on level 5. Good pick. Mm. In second place Uh-oh. is Charlie Farr with one and a half million, one million five hundred and ten thousand two hundred. He's put bore type. Quite enough of that. He's put. He's not. Impressed. Quite enough of that. And our top player here, Graham Ten Shearers, one million six hundred and thirty-one thousand three hundred points. Now, well done. Uh, but well done, Graham. Mister Mister Pete Han. Who got the world record? Has got uh, over five million points in this game. He must have looped it various number of times, and mm. he has this message to everyone he beat, especially Graham Ten Shearers and Charlie Farr. Now, this game was ported to the Saturn and PS One in Japan. I don't think we got it over here. I think it's on a few kind of compilations and stuff I've heard. There's one with it's X Multiply and Image Fight on the same disc. I've seen uh, that somewhere. Yes, that's probably one you're thinking of. Uh, right. This is my summary improvements and conclusions. Everything is a bullet sponge, even some of the background gates you have to navigate. Less bullets to kill stuff, please, IRM. It makes it very, very frustrating. Yeah, mm, it does a bit. Uh, that's probably why one YouTube video I watched had cheaty auto fire on. I'm sure they had collision detection off as well, because I'm sure you got hit a few times when I was watching. I was like, hold on a minute, that should have been blown up then. But they do mm. it just so you can get through the game, I suppose, and just show you all the way through the game. They're not they're not claiming they did a world record or anything, so it's okay. Yeah. I like the fact there's a slowdown power-up, which I think, you know, if you get too many speed-ups, you, you can be a bit stock you know to get through some little gaps and that and it's a reverse s so yeah. you get the you get the reverse s and it slows you down i think i have seen it in other games i think this is a good idea you know what we forgot to talk about the um the weapon grades you can get you can get a bomb which sort of fires to the ground i think up to the sky like gradius yeah. you get Home the lasers thing. which is the red one yeah. you get the blue one which is the normal fire and it fires out the tentacles as well. And obviously the tentacles is another weapon on its own. And there's a yellow one. I can't remember what the yellow one did. What did the yellow one do again? Oh, I know what it was. Custard came out the front of your ship, didn't it? Custard it, was def- it, was def- it was definitely a custard weapon. Ooh, custard lasers. But another one I saw that you, you mentioned somewhere in the power-ups up, is um, there's no extra lives. But there is. I saw a power-up with a one-up on it. But you don't see it very often. Yeah, you, you don't get an extra life for getting 100,000 or whatever. It's just no, no, you it's... can pick up the icons, can't you, yeah, in the game? You don't see it very often, though. I did. I saw one or two, I think. This has one of the unforgivable, unforgivable things in games, I think. You can't skip the continue countdown. Ooh, you have to wait annoying. till it gets to zero. Moon Patrol actually has that, but I'll, I forgive Moon Patrol because he's awesome. Man, I like to pump the button so it counts down really quickly. Because normally if you press the one-player start button or the fire button it counts down really quick but it doesn't on this oh that's so annoying isn't it yeah and uh, this is this is one of my bugbears as well the harsh checkpoints need to be sorted out but the worst one is level two where you go around that big it's a copy of one of the r-type level three on r-type yeah big spaceship level then you reverse underneath it and i don't like i've never liked that on r-type but then you get right to the end and this 
this mad woman head thing that spits lasers out. If you die on that, which is the end of level boss bit, yeah. you start again. At the I, beginning I like of the, the R type one because there's lots of sort of manoeuvring and you've got to get the right weapon to shoot behind you at a certain point. And it's quite clever how you've got to sort of negotiate it. But on this, it's just horrible. And that's where I got in the game and kept getting killed. I just thought, sod this, I'm not playing it anymore. I just got annoyed with it. So that's yeah, as level- far as I got in the game. I was just not that bothered about this game to play it that much to even bother yeah. I, I, I think I worked out how to do it but I just didn't want to I'd just much rather play it I've actually gone back to R-Type since and played it quite a bit and I still really like even though I can get to like the same sort of level every time I still mm. like R-Type and I st- it's like it's like when you play something like um, like Cuba I'm not very good at it but I will play it over and over and over again and enjoy it and this game I did not enjoy at all mm. You use the tentacles as a weapon, kind of thing, don't you? If you on that level, you, you just leave yeah. your tentacle as straight as you can, and it, it scoops into the. You just park it over stuff, and it just takes it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think you need to to knock out all the parts of the massive ship. No, you don't. You can sort of ignore them, but they're obviously shooting at you a lot and, and trying to hit mm. you, so it's probably difficult to do that. But yeah, mm. that that's. I would have a second button, this is how I'd improve it, where you lock the arms in a certain position. Yeah. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Make it a bit easier, wouldn't it? Because you could yeah, just use the arms easy. as a shield. Just have them shielding you all the time. So no, maybe not. I didn't think of that, Vic. Mm, it'd be easy, Damn. wouldn't it? Damn. Because the thing on our type is you can use that as a shield. You can bash your way through things with it. But at certain points, you need to shove it on the back of your ship to... You know, shield you from the back or from to shoot backwards, which is quite a clever little mechanic. But on this one, mm. it didn't have that, so no, not as good. Mm. Yeah, so I think it was okay. It looked the business. Mm. You, you start up, you think, God, this is really good, but the the tentacles are more frustrating than enjoyable. I think, I think a lot of the game was a massive cliche, and it mm. also just it just stole everything from different games. It, it wasn't like Parodius, which pokes fun at itself for nicking all the bits from Gradius, which they obviously mm. can do because it's the same company. But it just nicks parts of other games and doesn't do them quite as well. And I think some of the artwork in it, it's obviously inspired by Geiger. Is that, there's that point in time when you know there was Alien films out and Predator films out and all this sort of stuff, which sort of nicked those ideas a little bit. And it just it was just a bit meh. And it wasn't yeah. anywhere near as good. Anyway, Iron Graham's are really well presented. The graphics are lovely. You look at stuff like In the Hunt and you know some of those games. It's it's the really nice sixteen bit graphics. But this one is still pretty good. But I think it was just doing it was doing that sort of thing in the in the late eighties for kids of that generation. That and ninjas everyone wanted in the eighties. Mm. Yeah. Turtles. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Meh. Mm. Any road up, I don't. I don't rate it much. I, I think it's a poor man's R type. Yeah, it's definitely not improved on it, has it? No, because R type one is very, very good. R type two is very good. Leo is completely different game. R type three on the SNES is very, very good. And then you got mm-hmm. this. So it's. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. I like R type Leo. I'm not too keen on the further two. I don't like the the ball bit. I think I said this before. Love, but I, I love, I love the first one. I like our type, our type mm. Leo and Thundercross, but I do prefer my verticals. That's because you are a plank. Vertically challenged, I am. Yes, you are. Yeah, so I'm only four foot four. Next show's game. 
I'm sorry to do this, listeners. It's his go again. Yes. What are you going to pick for the next time? If there is going to be a next time, that is. (laughs) This is super obscure. I thought. I've never even heard of this game before. This is called Super Trio. Trio! From Game Ace in 1994. I think they only released this game. The ROM is S-U-P-R Trio. Super Trio. T-R-I-O. Three lives. Difficulty normal. Extra lives at 50,000. It's a cutesy platformer shooter thing. Mm, Looks like it should have come out on the SNES. Perhaps it did. Mm, don't think it did. You can play the game along with us if you like, and you can hand in your scores on Twitter with hashtag 10 score, on Facebook as a comment or on our podcast post, or Arcade Sidekick app in the 10p club section. Or you can email the site. Uh, the deadline for score submission is Tuesday, 4th of February, 5pm UK time, please. Yeah, we're already in February. We will be. By then, yeah. Hmm... Anyway, kids, thank you for listening. My voice is going. I just about got to the end of it. Thank you for listening. Have a good wait, a couple of weeks, and we'll catch you next time. Bye! Are you going to pop a fisherman's friend in? Yeah, I do. It's a lozenge, a everyone, who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Oh, right. And they're disgusting. Mm. And on that note, talking about fishermen and their friends, thanks for listening. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>